listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 69. 69, dudes! No, sentimental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about no? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Welcome to another episode of the movie podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki, and as always, I'm here with my co-hosts, Asan Godwin and Lathan Conger III. Our guest tonight has been a professional writer, artist, and podcaster in the industry for over 15 years. He co-created Descendant through Image Comics, The Mainstream through Zenoscope, and continues his creator-owned flagship superhero book, The Sire, on Kickstarter. His new series, The Time Trader, is coming in February 2021, and he's also written for various companies like Wizard Magazine, Zenoscope, and... I'm guessing this is AM New York, not Amni. That is correct. Okay. Uh, when he's not creating comics, he's hosting the hit Rogue Wave podcast covering all things pop culture for Rogue Matter. Mike Dolce, welcome to Cinemental. Glad to be here. Uh, you are, uh, you and our host Hassan uh, have been doing uh, a podcast together for how long? Too long? Is that, is that <laughs> are we fair to say that? No, uh, we're doing it. It's um, gonna be like that. Is it? <laughs> I started it um, solo in 2016. Hassan joined. Uh, what did you? I mean, you were a guest, I think, by the summertime. I, and I think. I think. I uh, don't know. I notoriously bad with uh, with stuff like that. I know it's I think been. You joined four years. by the end of the year. <laughs> I yeah, think it's been about by the end four of the year. years. No, going into 2017, it was like episode. It was like a right around episode 50. So yeah, 52 weeks in a year. And that was called was... Secrets of the Sire back then, right? <clears throat> that is correct. Yeah. So um, so Mike, I met you when I started working at Wizard. Correct? Is that was when I was correct, I start, when yeah. I started doing the security for the shows and like. Uh, um. All right. Well, you know, let's uh, let's uh, suffer from consumption. Uh, Mike, Mike, would you like to play? It's basically just any anything you've watched in the last week. Yeah, yeah, no, I am, uh, and Hassan knows this, uh, I am knee-deep in Ozark right now. Mm. Am, oh, good. Uh, I am season two, episode seven now. Season and um, and it, what it keeps doing to me is, is and Hassan will obviously um, make fun of me because I'm very slow at watching these things, <laughs> even the bingeable stuff, but <laughs> I literally have, I literally get an hour of TV time a day for myself. Gotcha. So um, essentially... You know, it's like 11 o'clock at night and I'm like, all right, I need to wake up because my kids wake up at seven on the dot and they are ready to go. <laughs> so, you know, try to end around 11, 11, 15. But Ozark this week, no spoilers, but got to the episode where the FBI raids their house and it's like, oh, well, I got to watch the next one. And before <laughs> I know it, it's 130 in the morning. And, I'm like, and, I'm taking, and then I'm not getting stuff done the next day. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that again. And then last night. I was like, well, I got an hour. I'll watch Ozark and then find out one of them is wearing a wire right at the end. And I'm like, well, I got to see what happens next. <laughs> it's, 
And now I'm now I'm doing a podcast at 1043 and falling asleep, but it's good. <laughs> good. So you're working your way through Ozark. I've uh, I've I've seen the pilot episode uh, and I was I was absolutely thoroughly intrigued by it. So it's definitely something I will return to eventually. You should definitely because it just keeps, you know, what I was telling Hassan too today. It's a show that while it gives you nonstop like action and nonstop like drama and, and it keeps you going. It does also allow you to breathe a little bit like some shows are just like we're just going to keep pounding you. And you're never going to get this moment, but you get you get these little moments where you're like, all right, all right, and then it's like, oh, you know, hits you right back out again. So uh, it's um, it's really tremendous. And then I'm a big History Channel guy. I, I don't know, I love like the Unexplained with William Shatner. I love sure. <laughs> Curse of Oak Island. Is, uh, my wife and I we we actually make it our appointment television to watch that show. I'm not sure I um, fully understand that show, The Curse of Oak Island. Yeah. Well, they haven't found anything. They won't find anything. But they're going to keep looking, thinking I keep thinking they're going to find something. (laughs) So that's really. And it's in season what? Eight now. Fifty (laughs) three. But but here's the thing. They have actually found some really interesting like artifacts. They haven't found treasure, but they found recent like really good artifacts. So What's the what's the what's the underlying story? Oh, so this, I mean, and, and that's why we started watching, or at least why I started watching it and I got my wife into it was the fact that it's an, I mean, it's a, it's a well-known, like I have a book of mysteries that I read as a, like a third grade kid. And that's one of the mysteries in okay. 1795 in Nova Scotia, these kids were kids, I guess they're like teenagers. They were like, they saw lights, strange lights on an Island right off the coast of Nova Scotia. They went to investigate. They found what looked like a treasure spot that people had dug in. Um, so they were like, well, let's start digging. And they did. And they found every 10 feet was like wood planks um, built into the ground. Mm-hmm. And they found a tablet that they deciphered that said like at 80 feet deep, you know, 140 pounds or something. So they kind of interpreted that to be like there's treasure here. And when they got down to about 100 feet or sorry, they got down to like 80 feet, um, the whole tunnel flooded. And since then, there's been companies of of treasure hunters that have tried to get the treasure that's there um, and what they've all discovered is the entire island is rigged it's a rigged booby-trapped island um, it's killed six people and every time people come up with all different ideas on on how to get you know they call it the money pit and how to get into the money pit um, it's rigged with a series of flood tunnels and now through the show they've actually figured out that the two islands Oh, sorry, the island that they that think is one island was actually two islands, and the middle of it was flooded purposely to hide whatever it is they built. Um, so they've, they've they've discovered all these things, and oh they've goodness. discovered. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Like it, it really is. It's, it's a literal a, rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now the, the only thing that's really it's, funny it's about a it, real though, life version of Lost. <laughs> it, 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 well, is, yeah. it is. It is, and it's yeah. You um, find a bunker, incredible. and you have to keep flipping the switch, or the the show gets canceled. Right. Yeah, exactly. Here's, here's the last thing we'll say about it, though, which which we kind of like we kind of joke about. And this is why they're not going to find anything. Um, they casually kind of put it in the show that Samuel Ball is a former slave who moved to Nova Scotia. He was a freed slave and he suddenly got really rich. And, and it, but they kind of gloss over. They're like, did he get did he find some of the treasure? 
And we're like, no, he probably found all of the treasure. He, yeah. he bought like eight lots of land, like eight plots of land on the island out of nowhere. He was a former freed slave who had no money. <laughs> and I'll sudden, only like, take a small deposit yeah. of. Yeah. I can always yeah. come I'll back for the tiny percentage. Yeah, yeah. I'll leave. I'll leave some for the next guy. Yeah, just out of so, courtesy. Right. That's what people who find treasure do. <laughs> yes, that's what. Yeah. He did oh, not just leave some. He did not broadcast forward. Yeah, he did not broadcast broadcast the bling. <laughs> he basically is like, you, I got it. <laughs> he, he was, was just Twitter. He's on Twitter. I found it. <laughs> I <laughs> found hashtag, it, bitches. Hashtag Oak Island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, with the, with a longitude and latitude right yeah, there. Just, just to be it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but the, the cool part. Nobody touch it until I get back. And again, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it for the you know, the archaeological sense and the historical sense. They've 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 connected the Knights of the Templar there. They found evidence that they were there. They found evidence that uh, the Spanish were there. That oh, and that and, and they were Everybody, there. Like the Godzilla was there. Vikings <laughs> were there. there. Like it was there. yeah yeah. Wow. Zentradi. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I see that show on all. I mean, I've obviously need... I've seen it on for a long time, and I just I had no clue. You have to watch it. Depth. Yes that they go about i mean uh, dude i can't do eight seasons of them finding nothing i mean i i, I no, you know, they, they find little things out. i'm telling you it's like ozark they just keep coming, they keep my, having I'll you come blow back my brain down. yeah <laughs> oh, my God. i'll blow my brain down. <laughs> like, like seriously it's like they you know it's discovery or, or history channel is like all in at this point they're like seriously guys we're gonna keep doing this fucking show until you find something if we have to buy <laughs> uh you know old gold and bury it so you can find it so fucking be but we're gonna find something on this <laughs> yeah, island this is happening no matter what this um, is fucking happening so yeah, uh, there, so there uh, are uh, anything else mike uh the proof is out there. He's got kids. It? He's not. He's not going to be able to. No. Oh no no no! I know. I, I, you know <laughs> the proof is out there. That's the other one. And and I'm a big sports radio guy. So I I, I my lunchtime is watching sports radio on Fox Sports. Oh okay. All that stuff. So gotcha. I will add. Um, this is not something I've seen, but I, there's something I will watch. Perhaps. No, I'm probably going to pass out as soon as this is over. Mm. But I mean, perhaps it's like <laughs> either tonight or tomorrow morning. Um. The documentary on Elisa Lamb just dropped on yes. uh, Netflix. Just dropped this morning on Netflix. I saw that. I'm gonna. Oh yeah. If I'm, yeah. If I'm home, I'll I'll watch it this weekend probably. It's a four part. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Any. Uh, I saw one review of it. Said it was a uh, you know, as sort of towing the line with the recent Netflix uh, limited series true crime stuff. Is that it's very good. So, I'm cool. down. Uh, you know, it's weird, like talking about that stuff about, uh, you know, talking about it like entertainment because it is, mm-hmm. you know, someone's real life. But it right. is a f- that story in particular is pretty fascinating. So, you know, it, whatever it means when I say this, you know, I mean, I mean it in the best way. I, I hope it's good. But, you know, right. but well, I, yes. I understand right. what that may mean when I say right. that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. So, um I actually my my movie count is way down this week because I I actually ended up watching uh, five seasons of TV. Oh, uh, I bet you I know what five seasons you watch. You know, three of them for sure. Um, (laughs) So I finished up seasons four, five and six of Longmire. Um, Finished it today. Finished it this morning. Great show all the way through. There is uh, a number of characters in that show that have absolutely amazing story arcs for their characters over the course of six seasons, guys who you meet in the first, the first season who you will think 
either little to nothing about you think they're a minor character and it's not that later on they necessarily become a major character but their character has such an interesting turn in relationship to the, all the main characters in the show that however you feel about that character when you meet them you will feel completely different about that character by the time you reach the sixth season and yeah. as to, to Hassan's point he made about this uh, I believe it was last week you know, the first three seasons of this were done for A&E, uh, at which point Warner Horizon you know, was canceled and Warner Horizons began shopping it around. Netflix picked it up and they created three more seasons of this show. And I have to say, um, I mean, they kept all the same people, all the same writers, producers. I think so it was a produced show. So there's really no reason why the 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 quality of the show should have changed. But even still, a lot of times you see, especially over the course even of six seasons, people come and go. Writers don't necessarily stick around for, you know, continuing on with the work. And uh, it's consistently good all the way through. There's no this this show has it has one of the. You know, if you if you look at a show series of episodes and you say, OK, so what's its best episode? What's its worst episode? And then you have this sort of roller coaster of, you know, things on, that have to do with the episodes. This is the most consistent show I think I may have ever watched, whereas the quality of every episode, it stays pretty constant. There's not a lot of I mean, there's a lot of ups and downs in story wise, but the actual quality of every episode is pretty consistent all the way through. Um, yeah. There's a couple things in the in the last episode in the wrap up that are what? Well, <laughs> kind of like yeah. Wait, what? Well, <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like that if they'd have had two episodes to construct all that and spread it all out over, it would have seemed a yeah. little less contrived. But the fact that they yeah. kind of had to pack it all into the last twenty minutes of the last episode, I I, I understand the sort of the misgivings of some of it. Um, yeah. I don't have any problem with any of the decisions that were made on where to, to, to end up with those characters other than one, maybe, but <laughs> overall, <thought> overall <laughs> really, really good show. Uh, and, and like I said, you know, I, I actually, it was funny while I was skimming around this week, I found a list of um, uh, somebody had done, put out a list in 2019, I think of uh, 10 shows to watch if you like justified and uh, i think longmire was number two or three on the list yeah. so um what was one i compared it to to justified in the in the sense that it, the quality just never took a took a dip you know it was yeah. just like pretty much consistent all the way through uh sorry, number one no, no, no that's right number one was uh i can't remember the show but it wasn't it wasn't like a you know it wasn't like a western style you know, cop murder mystery show. That's what the odd thing about that was. It was just a show that I think that they were toting that was really well done, but you know, wasn't necessarily about that line of things. Um, oh. As I said, I'm I'm going to dig into Tin Star next, just because it has that. It looks to have that same kind of feel. There's far fewer episodes. There's only like 20 episodes, I think, of that show. Oh, but um, man. yeah. Anyway, uh, we also we also <laughs> watched because uh, Deirdre wanted something new to check out. And we jumped headfirst into Jack Ryan. So we watched both seasons of Jack Ryan okay. uh, on Amazon. Uh, seen, she loves she loves Krasinski, and you know I, I I'm a fan. Uh, well, I'm sorry. What'd you say, Hassan? 
I said I've seen those as well. Okay, those both those seasons. Uh, they're 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 again they're both really good. Great writing. They're well put together. They're eight episode seasons, so they're nice and compact. Uh, they're they're pretty dense. Uh, they move right along. There's certainly no there's certainly no hanging around, which is nice. I uh, not much really else to add to that. I've, you know, they're, they're 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 well done. It's a nice it's a nice modern take on the Jack Ryan character who's now been kicking around for 20 plus years. Yeah. Um, it's a nice update. It's a nice kind of way to bring it to the forefront in, in, in our time now. I thought it was interesting. They start, they have in the first season, he meets uh, the woman who will eventually be his wife and, you know, and they're, and they're dating. And when the second season opens, she's just nowhere to be there. It's like, yeah. you know, the she's first, like, the, nah. the first thing you're like, Oh, I'm single. And it's like, what? And like, and there's no reference made to her at all. So it's like, you know, they either had a problem getting Abby Cornish involved with that season, or they knew that that season, he wasn't even going to be in the U S for the, literally the entire other than the opening of the first episode. I mean, he's out of the U S the entire episode. So, or the entire, yeah. the entire season, but uh, two very good choices. Uh, uh, to for options for people and then as far as movies go uh i watched a movie from called the poughkeepsie tapes oh yeah uh which was it was okay it's a found footage movie or it's a again it's a found footage movie about found footage so it's uh it's it's i thought that the the most interesting thing about it was the actual footage that they created to be the found footage that was the most interesting part of it. Uh, and that was, that actually had some really kind of creepy stuff in it. Um, not from the effects, what they made it look like supposedly videotaping from the mid to late nineties, but uh, the content was, was a little, there was some unsettling content for sure. Okay. Uh, I rewatched, rewatched Chinatown uh, just because, because uh, I, because honestly I wanted to watch the two Jakes and I hadn't seen t- uh, Chinatown in a while. And I'd never seen two Jakes. So uh, we watched two Jakes uh, the day after we watched Chinatown. And uh, mm. yeah, it's okay. It's, you know, same writer, same, you know, Jack Nicholson directed it. Uh, one of his three directing jobs. It was cool that they, that, that they got some of the actors from the original back involved. Like one of his assistants is the same guy who was an assistant back in the original Chinatown film. But other than yeah, it was just like, it, there was a it was a very much a feeling of more the same. It didn't it didn't change enough, even though they had already passed through like World War Two to move any needles. Yeah, yeah it's an inferior sequel. It is. It is. But it's hard <laughs> to it's that's a that's a hard one to follow up. Um, I watched uh, the Tom Selleck uh, runaway about where he's the, uh, oh, the, road, the chasing the spider great. bots. So much fun. <laughs> And uh watched a movie with I watched a movie Ramsey. with Ramsey. <laughs> yes. Uh nah, Gene Simmons. Gene's, Gene Simmons Gene just Simmons just chewing up scenery. Gene Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> just just blowing two lines of coke before every day. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh I watched a movie uh that I'd always heard good things about, uh The Parallax View with Warren oh, Beatty yeah. and uh, I was completely underwhelmed. I was just going to say, that's exactly the word I used. After I was I just thought. like, how I'm like, this movie is like, if for an hour and 48 minutes or however long it is, it's like 48 minutes too long. 
It's a slow burn. Oh, and it, yeah. and, well, and that's a slow burn, and and the and it never goes off. The fuse, it's like literally they lit a piece yeah. of fuse, and the fuse just burns down and goes out, and you're like, okay, like a seven, the seventy underwhelming seventies thriller. There's a it, few of those. Oh, it really. I is. guess it's time for a large bowl of milk. <laughs> <laughs> right after you're done with that. And I watched uh, uh, another another film from from back in the the high school years that I'd never seen, which was Young Sherlock Holmes. Ah, ah, fucking great, way underrated first, movie. First CGI in a in a live action film. Yes, mm. correct. A lot of fun. A lot yeah. of fun. Really well nicely, written. really nicely done. Great cast. Who um, directed that? Uh, Barry Levinson. Barry Levinson. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. it's fun. Yeah, I actually enjoy that movie quite a bit. As a matter of fact, it's kind of creepy too. It's effectively creepy at points. You know, oh one yeah, or two yeah, moments. Uh, it's directed. Nice. Its direction makes it beyond what it would normally be. It's it's good. Yeah, it's really it's it's well done. And honestly, watching it today, I mean, obviously you see the cracks in the CGI, obviously for from because it's the first CGI ever in a movie. But watching that even today, I didn't feel like that was a film that was produced in the in the late eighties or thirty 90s. years ago. Yeah. yeah, it felt <clears throat> it felt it felt just fine. Uh, also, yeah. spoiler alert: the guy who sees the CG thing is tripping. So, I mean, it, it's correct. It's all right that it doesn't look exactly. There you go. Perfect. That's Fair a pretty. Enough. That's a pretty. He's good he's cover. Been, he has been dosed. Yeah. He has. But, he's been uh, dosed. So, so that is my uh, that is my suffering for the week. So we shall. Thanks for making us look bad yet again. <laughs> we shall go on. Okay. So uh, for Mike's guilty pleasure. He has chosen house. This is a house where no one should live. Woman lived here before you was nuts. Wouldn't be surprised if someone just got fed up and off her. She was my aunt. Heart of gold, though. Roger Cobb has come here alone, but no one is ever alone in the house. This house knows everything about you. Why you can't? No! It has been waiting for him. Hi. Sandy. Now, it wants you. Ah! Horror has found a new home. House. Enter at your own risk. 1985, directed by Steve Miner, with a running time of 93 minutes. A man inherits a house from his recently deceased aunt and moves in to write his new novel. Unfortunately, that, this house has... putting it nicely, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. House... <laughs> She's recently deceased. <laughs> well, she is recently deceased. I don't yeah, know, but I know mean, that's... why she's recently <laughs> that's, deceased. But... That's, that's making it real gentle. <laughs> Unfortunately, this, this house has other ideas about what he needs. Uh, Mike, why'd you pick House? So this is this is a uh, flashback to childhood when um, we had summers off, and I used to we had an air conditioner in my parents' room. How old were you and, in 1985? In 80, so I didn't see it in 85. I saw it in 80. I want to say 88. Okay, I was like seven or eight years old. Okay, and um, again, uh, air conditioner in my parents' room. That's where the cable box was, also. So I would be able to watch like HBO during the day. 
you know, just because what else, you know, parents are working and yeah. you know, we got to do something. And I saw house two and I thought oh. that's the coolest thing ever. If you're seven or eight years old <laughs> is to like open the door to a closet and it goes to another world. Like that's crazy. Like I wish that could happen. Um, not enjoyed really. house two. Not, and I not, think, not, not that door. Well, I know, right? <laughs> yes, wait a minute. This is house two. There has to be a house. And I asked my dad, I was like, can you record this on a VCR um, so I can watch it? Because it was only on at night because um, it was the R-rated version. So during the day, HBO would show the PG-13 stuff. And at oh, night, it would okay. show the R-rated version. My dad actually watched prior to letting me watch it to make sure that the R rating was only for violence and not for her boobies. And um, <laughs> upon watching it, I was like, well, this is much, much better than the first, than that house two movie. <laughs> um, and it became one of my favorite. I used to just watch the, I used to watch it on the VCR tape like many, many times. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I didn't. I, so in 1985, when this came out, that's the year I graduated high school. Um, so I'm pretty sure that I did. I'm actually that I'm pretty sure I did not see this in the theater. Uh, I, I don't remember seeing this until my guess is probably 86 or 87 when it would have come out on 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 videotape or uh, like you said, on cable. And I would have yeah. I would have run across it then. I'm not sure I've seen it since then <laughs> for no for no particular reason yeah, other than the fact yeah. that I know I've seen it and it, you know, it doesn't, in, a, in my mind, it wasn't something that needed to be reviewed. Uh, I'm sure I've run across this on TV in the intervening 30 some years and have seen bits and pieces. Cause I was more familiar with big Ben actually than I was with uh, almost anything else, especially in the front half of the movie. <sighs> I'm really on the fence with this. It it's, Oh yeah, you know, what it, kind of fence? Well, so so here's my problem. Find the fence. Here, here, here's my problem. So all the marketing materials for this movie, and I haven't watched the trailer yet. I will eventually because I'll use it to to do my film bits for the sh for the show. But they have this thing marketed as um as a pretty straightforward horror film, you know, from yeah. the poster stuff, right? And yet thematically it's supposed to be a horror comedy only the comedy doesn't really work all that well so it's not really a horror film it's got some scary elements to it sure it's not really a comedy it's 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 it unfortunately falls into that weird limbo that's on the other side of the medicine cabinet wall i mean it it, it it's just sort <laughs> of i never really laughed watching this movie so I, there were, that's why i felt like it wasn't really a comedic comedic elements didn't work for me um and that might just be a timing thing no it wasn't it wasn't that funny but it was fun it's oh it's oh no i, I get the mean? fun like... part of it and i and i want I the, the whole the whole last bit with you know when big ben comes back into our world and we kind of get that sort of showdown between him and big ben which honestly they could have done earlier and spent more time with at the end and i think that would have been a more entertaining full third act than just sort of you know a way to wrap up the third act yeah i just it, it felt really it was strange watching this i just felt like it was uh it was very much of of the time when it came out. It's it's very dated. I loved seeing Kay Lenz. I always thought she was really attractive back in the day. Um, so it was great to see her kind of right in her prime. Uh, you know, George went, you know, obviously he's sort of, you know, because of his 
you know, his work at the time and kind of where he was with cheers and everything else. He was, he was, he was almost kind of like the, the, he's the, the comedic part of this movie is the fact that he shows up and he's, you know, always showing up at the wrong time with, you know, a six pack of beer and a pizza houses with food though. Like, like he's like a full Chinese menu. Like, how do you even know? Not only that, he was in the guy's house. He was, he had to be looking around in that guy's house to find him. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, um, never questioned that when I was eight. I just figured that's what they did. But rewatching it, I'm like, wait a second. This guy is really just all awesome. As a homeowner, it takes on a different kind of menace at this point, right? It's like, wait a minute. But uh, (laughs) who shouldn't be in this house right now? (laughs) Yeah, even your friend. Like, if I was in your house, like, hey, what's up, Mike? And he'd be like, um, (laughs) <laughs> and you're like i ordered just a problem food, and i'm like that's kind of creepy bro the most interesting part of this movie to me is the fact that uh the producer sean cunningham uh is the man who produced uh the friday the 13th franchise yes and also directed the first friday the 13th film steve minor the director of this directed friday the 13th two and three so these guys came out of the Friday the 13th franchise looking to, you know, go into that. You know, I mean, Steve Miner was trying to actually break. The reason he took this jo- job was the fact that he wanted to try and break out of horror because he had done horror <laughs> stuff up till then. And so he's like, I'm going to do this horror comedy. Well, no. And at the time, it ended up actually working for him because the next few jobs after this for him actually ended up getting him into more mainstream stuff, which is what he really wanted to do. But, uh, and then the music for the film was done by Harry Manfredini, uh, who also did the, the, the music for the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, and this, it was written, the story was written, uh, the original story was written by Fred Decker, who did Monster Squad. Oh, so. That. Uh, gotta get up, gotta get up. <laughs> Sorry. Every time I hear okay. Monster Squad, I gotta do that. Um, <laughs> Interesting, interesting, interesting tidbit uh, for the K lens role. Uh, Glenn Close and Sigourney Weaver were considered. Oh yeah, at the wow. time, could easily see that. Well, would have been, which would have been. Well, and it's funny too because I mean, I mean, honestly, her role isn't that isn't that big in the movie. It you know it, you know it was a, you know, but so House is like the repository for like the actors or actresses who. <clears throat> got denied big roles <laughs> in other like groundbreaking <laughs> like William Cat was supposed to be Skywalker so now he's in house you know and, 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 it, and it's funny those Ghostbusters Glenn Close Fatal Attraction yeah, yeah. Be in the movie House George it's, Wayne it's, it's funny that you thing. that you saw House 2 and then went back and saw <laughs> House and I have not seen House 2 3 or 4 yeah nah, not worth and I'm, it. well yeah i'm sure they're they're hardly worth viewing but i uh i have them now and i'm going to eventually sit through all of them because i feel like you know i'm a completist at heart and that's just the way it's gonna go <laughs> um and the and then and the last little bit of um uh friday the 13th tie-in here is uh the the gentleman who played the african-american police officer when they come to the house after he's just killed what he thinks his wife steve steve williams would eventually become creighton duke in jason goes to hell (laughs) so uh sean cunningham obviously kept him in his mind x and in uh in the x files he plays that's right that's right if I knew you were such and, a completist, I would have picked Anchorman just so you'd have to see Anchorman too. Oh, well, right. There you go. <laughs> uh, Hassan, what'd you think? 
Um, the the film, I, I will say from experience that the jokes work when you are I, when you're young <laughs> and you're afraid. When you're when you watch a movie and you're kind of freaked out, and you know there's a door. You open the door and there's a monster that comes out and they're trying to rip William Cat to pieces. Right, so he sets up all these cameras to take a picture. That part of it, I did like, and then. And then he runs downstairs and he runs out and he slides on his lawn for no reason. And then George went to say, hey, man, you know, and he's just standing there. <laughs> when you're a kid, that's kind of a reprieve from being uptight about being afraid. And so that joke kind of works. It It's not funny. As an adult, it won't be funny. You're not going to be fr- afraid of any of this shit right. when you're an adult. But when... Kaylin, you know, uh, you know, bends down and then comes back up as this gargoyle <laughs> creature in a dress. As a kid, your mind is ruined. You know that 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 does that does terrible things to your brain. And so, whenever there's a joke, when the cops show up, it's like I need to use your bathroom or something like that. You are just so happy that no one's being ripped to pieces and you're not being scared, <laughs> even though you were watching the whole movie for the for the purpose of being scared. That the the jokes the jokes work the jokes do not work on regular adults because let's face it none of this stuff is scary. Um, I watched it when I was a kid. I watched it on HBO and it wasn't supposed to. And then I wished I hadn't. Um, <laughs> I was very young. It was definitely. And then scary we watched when you were a kid. Yeah, it was. It was. I we didn't think it was good. It's, it's very. It's a very uh, uh, solid memory of. Looking forward to it because there was a there was a tremendous ad campaign for House, you know the the yeah. you know the 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 zombie hand ringing the doorbell was right. was everywhere everywhere, yep. and uh, so we were like this is going to be like one of the greatest movies ever, <laughs> um, and you and you talk like an idiot because you talk like you're brave enough and you you're a connoisseur mm-hmm. of scary movies where most mm-hmm. of the time you watch like two minutes of it cover your eyes and then. For the for the next two weeks, you wish you hadn't watched it because you swear something's under your bed. That's pretty much the experience with uh, with this movie. I do have two memories of this. I remember, um, you know, my 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 family, whatever, when we were watching it, we didn't us not really thinking it's that great. We were a little disappointed. There were some scary moments, but not thinking the movie was even was that great. Even though some stuff really scared the crap out of me, so. I don't know. Is that a success or a or failure? And then when I went away to sleepaway camp, they they showed this movie to us. <laughs> and at least we, they didn't show you sleepaway camp. Uh, no, check out this gothic bull. We we watched it in the biggest structure in, on the camp, which was a church. Nice. So we're watching. We got a we got a movie. We got a projector set up in the middle of a church. We're all watching it in halfway through towards the end towards act three the sound gives out so we're just we're all just sitting there while the person is working you know going nuts trying beating on the projector trying to make the sound work and we're watching all this stuff unfold and i do remember william cat throwing that that i don't know what it what was it an ottoman or whatever he throws it into the into the the medicine cabinet and it he finds out there's another dimension behind yeah. there and it, we're watching this all in dead silence, just kind of trying to make, uh, trying to make the moment entertaining as humanly possible. And he throws the, uh, the the ottoman into the into the medicine cabinet, and this girl next to me, 
her, she just lost her mind. She broke and she screamed louder. Than, <laughs> and it, it scared it scared the two rows in front of me and a bunch of people just got up and ran out of the, the church. And that was, that was it. So I actually had seen it when I was younger before I went to camp, forgot all about it. And then I had to wait until maybe two months later when I came home to see the movie again. So to, to see how it ended because we all ran out of the church and we never actually saw we, the, the, the last thing we saw was him trying to go into the, the medicine cabinet. Right. Um, uh, uh, it's not a great movie. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's some, there's, there, there are cheap scares in it, which is, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not a snob about it. Uh, the, the kid, the groceries clerk finding the, <laughs> the granny, not only hanging but swinging <laughs> in her bedroom is you know we, i wish the rest of the movie had just stayed on that kid and we found out how traumatized he was and then he shot up his high school or whatever that happened after that because that to me that would have been more of an interesting story um the weird stuff in the in the film where they just kind of casually mentioned that his child is just disappeared in the pool yeah. you know and you're like what and um not only that but how many years ago did this happen that this kid was in right you know because it it was long enough that they were living there with the aunt then they moved away got divorced <laughs> so that which means they had they had to move away get divorced and then have and get separate places there was an award ceremony where his fast. there fast. was an award he's, ceremony he's for his books. wife yeah yeah, he's written books. There's an award ceremony for his wife. So, they, you know, there was a, it's got to be at minimum a year to six months that oh, this kid was in, minimum, in limbo. And yeah, I'm, I'm least, being genuine. Yeah. I'm being generous. So when they find a kid and he's the exact same age, I mean, that's fine. And you want him to find a kid. And it's great that he finds his son. Um, but, but that kind of stood out. Also, I couldn't help but think, um, when he comes out the door at the end of the film with a kid and the kid runs to his mom that they were both going to get hit by a car because she's in the <laughs> middle of the street. <laughs> I'm like, no, don't do it. Um, also, and this is modern sensibility, so I apologize, but does he give a strange kid a bath? Yes. In the middle of the film? Oh, yes. yes. He even rubs soap on him. Okay. Have a little sponge fight. Yeah. I mean, the kid is cute. And nothing happens, so it's good. And it was a more innocent time. Oh, oh yeah. The fucking <laughs> but, neighbor just drops the goddamn kid off to be babysat. <laughs> yeah. So, we, yeah. And the kid's not going to mention that these two goblins just tried to grab him and the, pull him up the, the chimney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that part made zero sense. And, and, and even that back part. then, it was kind of like, that's weird. <laughs> well, that part especially. Yeah. You're like, what? Huh? It was creepy. That's a creepy moment. Like if you're, you're like yeah. thinking weird from mom, per- t- weird mom in the pool flirting to find a adult male babysitter. <laughs> like how yeah. hard is it? How hard is it to like get a real babysitter? It's to not just hard. hire a babysitter. Yeah. yeah, like literally. And that's a that's you know that's a bad that's a bad uh, uh screenplay uh, uh, right. uh, gag you know where it's like oh it's you know it's a red herring she's gonna oh, come you over seem totally normal look at all these fresh holes in your backyard totally normal <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna leave my kid and with you yeah and these paintings that your aunt painted that are you know <laughs> basically of hellscapes all over the place but yeah you're all right here's my kid um 
I enjoyed watching the film because it was nostalgic. I had lots of memories about having watched it when I was younger. It is a, it's a classic. It is a classic in its in and of itself, but it's classic for what it's 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 just as classic for what it's not as it is for what it is, you know. Um it is a classic, Latham. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> I didn't doesn't mean it's good. It just means it's a classic. It's classic. Exactly. The house is a house is a staple. Um, I enjoyed watching it, but it ain't great. Uh, I didn't think it was super great. There, um, there's definitely a nostalgic pin in the map on this movie for a lot of people. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm not like Steve. I ain't going back to the others. <laughs> I'm not going back to house. <laughs> don't, don't be a complete two, three, four. Um, I do. I I do remember thinking House Four was actually decent. The other two in the middle aren't that great, but I do remember thinking. Yeah, House I just, 4 I was just decent. you know, last year I sat, we, me and Deirdre sat and sat through all five Phantasm movies. And I'll tell you, there's a couple in the middle there that are they're tests of endurance. They well, they're literally like <laughs> they're not even like full coherent chapters of the of the overall book. You know, they're like they're like these pieces, <laughs> and you're just like, what? It's like they all contain the same elements, but you get to them and you're like, did you really advance the story or did you just basically add some material in here to get us, you know, and and, and gave us an end point to which you can jump off for the next one, which is really all they were. Uh, You're like, so money grab. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. House house two doesn't have any of the same characters, right? It's it's not. I read read about it. And it basically the house made so much money based of, of against their budget. Yeah. Uh, and it was like an overnight success for them that they immediately rushed a screenplay. Just they just threw anything against the wall. Sure. They, it, and it, had, it wasn't and in the I, same house. Yeah. I think the fourth one is supposed to be the same house. Right. I think so. And okay. it's supposed to be years, years later. And it, I think William Cat is mentioned in it if not featured in it but it might not even be william cat just his character mm-hmm. but that's a what all is right. happening Latham? all right never mind yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. so Latham Lath- is, so, is so having Latham. A, a moment there. Lath- latham what did you what did you think of house well, you know the important thing to remember here is that <laughs> michael this is a movie that reminds him of his youth and nostalgia and he has a deep connection with it for his own reasons. And that's the important thing to remember. <laughs> now, I, th- I've seen a lot of 80s movies. There's not many I haven't seen. Okay. But this is one I had not seen. This is the first time I've watched it. So I understand. Oh, wow. I'm going to see wow, it. Is right. I'm going to see it with a, you know, I, I'm trying to be kind to it and pretend I would have been. I thought this came out in 86, by the way, not 85. Some things say 85, some say 86. I, the Wikipedia says 86, but I, I remember, you know, it, it's funny. It says 85 on IMDb, but yet it has a release date in the U.S. of uh, February 28th, 86. You're yeah, I think- there was a tremendous delay situation with it where something happened where the, the advertising campaign was a year before the film came out right. because they were advertising it all over the place, but the film got pushed back a year, I believe. I don't remember it coming out in the year with Back to the Future and all that, so I, I think it was 86, and and like yeah. you said, it said the release date was February or whatever, so um, the creepiest thing in the film is easily the plunging v-neck sweater that William Cat wears. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> Deirdre made a comment about that. As well. I, I wanted that to just be burnt by something. It annoyed me so much <laughs> watching him wear that and prance around in it. That bothered me. I, I, I didn't. I didn't laugh once. I, I. I mean, I tried. All the Vietnam sequences are just so like. I just not. I'm. I'm not buying it. it, it it's like. They tried soundstage. They, yeah. Viet soundstage. Yeah. And I, and it's, it was beyond obvious, you know, there's no emotion in those scenes. And it's like this movie tried so hard to be an R rated film and it didn't need to be, it would have been probably better if it was just more creative and was PG 13. The, the, the things that make it R are, are just minimal, just some violence that's not even that graphic and, some creature stuff and some swear words. There's no nudity in it, except that stupid painting on the wall. Um, you know, I, I just, man, I, they, they had so much, it, it looks like they had a chance to be really creative with this movie. And, you know, I watched it with Amaya and Amaya, Amaya looked at me and she's like, oh, this movie, half of this movie is someone walking around a house waiting to open a door. And that's what it felt like. It's just, him walking down the hallway. What's behind this door? Oh, now we go behind this door. Oh, we got in the backyard. I, you know, uh, man. So I, you know, when George Wentz on the screen, the movie has a little bit of merit. He like his personality just brings some legitimacy to this. And, and that's not to say William Cat is bad. He's not bad either. I just, the story here just, it never grabbed me. I never found it funny. Steve, didn't you say something like when, when you told me, that that Mike had picked this. That this you said something like this is a movie you would have made or you would have liked if back then or something like that to me. You remember that last week? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, okay. Maybe, Sorry. Maybe it's because you didn't say it. I think that's probably <laughs> that's entirely possible. But I felt like maybe at picked, times, like I was watching, I was watching like one of the movies I would have made when I was a kid with like the knives going after him and following and all that and, and waiting behind that door for like three yes. scenes. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. And he's hovering there. And, and I thought, yeah, that's what I would have done, but all my movies were terrible back then. And that's what this is. <laughs> this is terrible. And I just, I couldn't find any enjoyment out of this. I just didn't, I, you know, I don't know. I, I understand why people would, remember it enjoy it from their youth i i don't think it's a classic though i i, I just ah man dude that's rough to call the classic isn't it? <laughs> i don't know i'll probably just need to shut up now and just you know it, it it's one of those movies it's an, you're, it, you're still wrong about charlie wilson's war right exactly i figured <laughs> i'd be consistent <laughs> and be wrong about the next film we talked about so um, you know, I just, yeah, I, I, it didn't take to me and it, like say the evil dead, both evil dead movies, one and two, those I took to and thought were a lot of fun. This one, it just didn't do anything to me. It needed to be more R or more PG and have some better writing yes. in it. And I probably would have liked it, but I, I, I just, I just didn't enjoy it. I, I, maybe if I saw it when I was younger, I would have thought it was. That's a that's a great that's a great way to put it. I feel I I, I agree with you hundred percent on that. That's a, it's a great uh, um, a way to look at it. It's like I feel that it was too afraid to go either way, so it tried to like ride this yeah, line like in the middle, the line up and over. Yeah, exactly. You know, rather than commit and become a real R-rated, you know, horror film with some comedic elements. 
or B, a movie that's PG-13 with some scary stuff to it, you know, and just and just kind of be one or the other. And I felt like, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great way to look at it. That it was kind of trying to ride that fence and just didn't succeed either one. Yeah, it's like the, the war scenes are the only scenes with the swear words in it. It's like, you know, you know, and it's funny you brought those up because I thought of all the stuff in the movie overall, uh, to me, the Vietnam sequences, although very clearly they're soundstage done. I actually that was the part that I felt William Cat was actually more a natural fit to was his his guy in Vietnam than he was as being a writer in this house like i felt more comfortable watching him in like the vietnam sequences than watching him try and be this guy you know interesting uh and i just i like the vietnam sequences a lot but you know again how they put him in you know i like how they put him in there in the movie as if those are the scenes that are coming out of his writing and he's sort of writing them as they're you know you're kind of seeing what he's creating as he's creating it um so i like that part of it i just yeah, it's a it's a weirdly unbalanced movie that 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 lost its focus, I think. And, you know, it, and unfortunately, it's not something I'll ever return to. I don't think, uh, you know, now that I've seen it now that I've seen it at this point in my life. But as it I felt said, good to feel eight years old again. <laughs> listen, I listen. And there are movies that I have in my uh, mental library that I can go back to. And I feel the exact same way. Like there's a movie from nineteen. There's a movie from 1976 that I can watch that I objectively know is absolutely terrible. But when I watch it, I still like to watch it because it's just so silly. Tell everyone the name of the movie. Food of the Gods. <laughs> oh, man. With Marjo, wow. with Marjo Gortner. Oh, dude. An- another one that, that young Godwin should not have sat up for. <laughs> And one of my favorite parts about that movie is the intercutting of the footage of the real rats climbing Mm -hmm. up miniature stuff, you know, intercut with giant puppet rats in close up when stuff would happen. That was one of my favorite. uh, But when you're a kid, you can't tell the difference. And you're just like, I shouldn't have done this. My, My brother, my brother took me to see that in the theater. That was my that was my second oldest movie going memory. Okay. wow. My first one being Jaws. Oh, so that's a good one. Wow, yep. you followed up Jaws with uh, Food of the Gods. Yeah, nice- yeah, I'm sure there were others in between, but yes, those are the two that I that are sort of they- red flagged. <laughs> you 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 learned the iniquities of entertainment. It's like that's oh, right. this stuff's not even, is it? Yeah, that's hmm. <laughs> not a that's not a level playing field in any way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is the end of House and the end of our show. Well, Latham, hold up a second. I don't think we're quite there yet, pal. Oh, why I, is that? I think that uh, I think that there's uh, another another address we have to go to. What address is that? Down the tubes. And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's it's a series of tubes. Uh, so we will from there. Uh, we will jump into the house posters. Which are far, is, more, far more entertaining. Isn't it there amazing? It is. Charlie Wilson's That's, War is uh, an amazingly, right. like, so much better film. Um, but the house posters are so far superior. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah. 
and, and vice versa. The house posters are better yeah. than the film. This is a crazy <laughs> yeah. good poster. This, this poster. Is, I mean, look this at is, this look how much those, it evokes. This is one of those images where you can strip all of the text off of this and you can show oh, yeah. this picture to somebody and it'll be like, that's house. This is this yeah. is this is yeah. an iconic yep. poster. It's great. The font they choose, everything is just yeah, perfect. I mean, uh, you know, and then and, if, well, and then the, the movie cuteness of the of the log line, like how has yeah. found a new home, you know, yeah. like very cute. Yeah. Oh, listen, uh, you know, and the fact that the second film was called House Two, the second story. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's that's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, their marketing it guys yeah. were on point. They just yeah. needed better I mean, script writers. And like the marketing guys watched it. You're like, this isn't the movie we thought we made. <laughs> like we didn't make the movie. Yeah. It's like, well, I but, wasted, yeah, we kind of did. I wasted all my marketing talent on this <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> like, no, 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 they came to us first, and then they made the movie. <laughs> so they were kind of yeah. disappointed. So next we have the UK quad, which is just a sort of just reorientation of the same artwork. Because why wouldn't you? If you had that piece of art, yeah, why wouldn't you just slap that on everything? There you go. <laughs> Stickers, hats, like the shark chains, and jaws, like the, the shark and the uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. shark and the, the the skier. You know, I was like, "Fuck yep. this! Is, this this does it." Uh, and next is uh, so next is a poster by Gary Pullen, which I mean, is you know, which is pretty good. Dong, you're dead. Ding dong, you're ding dong, you're dead. dead. No one dies in this movie. <laughs> hey, really? No, it's a fair point. Well, the, the, Richard the Mulligan, big, big band, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, he died no twice. Died. Maybe that's why I don't like. It. Okay, right. I don't know. Fair enough. Well, the aunt died. Did she? Yeah, they the killed the hell out of the aunt. Killed the hell out of the aunt. She she didn't she left want her to swinging. Die. She swung to die. Like she, <laughs> yeah. she took a running start. It's so yeah. funny because the first thing Deirdre says, you know, the movie opens with that sequence with the delivery boy, and the first thing Deirdre says is because you, know, you know, like he like cracks open the door and like looks in the room, you know, and they just show kind of his head, and he's like, "Mrs. Cooper, Mrs. Cooper," and he's like, "Got the door open this much, you know," and his head's in there, and she's all the way across the room on an angle, which literally the second he opened the door, you would have seen her hanging there, swinging there, and she's just like. How does he know? And then when they finally back the camera out to show you the body, then she's like, wouldn't he have seen that as soon as he opened the door? And I was just like, you're applying logic to a horror <laughs> yeah. film again. Yeah. To, a, mean, to a movie about a house that killed right. an old lady. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, really bad closet. They never, you know, they never even explain what Richard Mall's connection with the house was. There you was know, no really... Explain why the house, the house was irrelevant. Was, you know, yeah, it was the house yeah. connected to each person. Yeah, yeah, the scriptwriter really didn't go that deep, guys. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, so uh, in, a, in a waiting didn't pool. Do a deep dive. Next is a beautiful piece by a guy uh, named God Machine. It's nice, yeah. who I am a huge fan of. Ah, uh, you know, I mean, it's yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's decent, I guess. It's decent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> beautiful anyway that's beautiful next is the uh the japanese poster oh which has got uh let's take the door out because (laughs) why yeah what what does the door represent take the door away you know they they basically gave you the business model for peapod back in 1986 (laughs) and no one figured it out for another fucking 15 years all right and fucking people are missing stuff left. Because and right. a woman lost her life, Latham. 
I know. That's why it's this guy. Peapod business model. Oh, sorry. Some old ladies. Delivery boys all over the world quit their jobs after that scene. That's right. That's <laughs> right. We ain't doing this. This is bullshit. Uh, that. <laughs> and the guy who invented Peapod rented this in 2001 and said, you know what? I'm going to make some money. Do you think the guy got the idea from this movie for the Billy the Billy the Bass? <laughs> the singing fish uh, on the wall. That's another that's another one right there. I mean, yeah. I mean, all kinds of great business ideas in house and you missed them. Yeah. So uh next is a piece by Jason Osborne that was re- that was used as one of the re-release Blu-ray releases. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Good likeness of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's decent. The aunt looking real happy about hanging herself. Yeah. Hey. It's going on a trip. house. <laughs> I'm going on a trip. <laughs> See yeah. you next fall. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> apologize to us. Uh, next is a piece by Robert Samlin. It's they're about the really clearest view hard. you're going to get of the two little ghoulie creatures who are up in the chimney because they yeah. don't really focus on them right. at all. But it's uh, other than that. Again, nicely drawn. It's good. Nicely executed. I know exactly I know exactly what he's referring yeah. to in all these things. Yep. Now we have an artist called VHS Art. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I this is you... uh this is some box art which is uh which is a weird sort of they've repainted yeah. the hand for whatever reason. Uh you know, the paint over the original but, yeah. But definitely not needed. Yeah, it make honestly it makes it look like a whole Yeah, if I movie. saw the VHS art without seeing the actual original poster, I'd be like, oh, it's not bad. All right, whatever. Got, there's a house. The original one's from it. And that's that. a scary logo. All right, I guess it's got whatever. Right. But then you see, like, the actual original poster, you're like, oh, no, no, no. That That's much better. That, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that on the VHS box, they're, like, selling it as from Sean Cunningham, the Friday the 13th team. Yeah. yeah. Right. Doesn't it also look like the the ghost is ringing the doorbell of the house across the street? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get you. Oops, sorry, wrong house. Oops. So William Cat and everybody's they're safe because the yeah. neighbor's about to well, get. No, he's slaughtered. running out of his house a, at the. It, it's see, the rear in the logo. Version. He's running out of the out of the, out of the house toward the neighbor's house. That's getting the doorbell rang by that by that. Ghost oh man, house. this is already more complicated yes. than the movie ever got. That's right. <laughs> That's right, uh, and that is the end of the posters. Not a not a ton uh, for either one of these. So, um, which, which yeah, which which luckily leads to a uh, much shorter down the tube segment, uh, which uh, you know Latham is not unhappy <laughs> about. So, well, no, I usually like like uh, you know looking at posters that I find are underwhelming. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You certainly do. Cool, All man. right, Michael. Thanks, guys. Have a great night again. Yeah, thank you no, so thank much. You. you you are you are officially allowed to yeah, pass out now. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I still went to bed. I'm still just like shooting really himself again. up with with steroids. Go to the ERC, please. <laughs> talk, talk to you soon. Yeah, yes, please. I will. All right. I will. Thanks, guys. <laughs> see ya. Okay. See right. you. Bye bye. Thanks to Fesley and Music. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all of the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcast. You can always listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at cinementalpod. Uh, for Hassan Godwin, Latham Conger III, and myself, and Mike Dolce, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend 
and haunted house enthusiast, Drew and Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. There you go. Dude, house is bad, dude. That's a bad it's, it's movie. It's just really, really dated. Oh, yeah. is it bad? 